Louisville has seen a flurry of new home and apartment proposals in the last week or so. We'll talk about where people are going to be living soon. Also, as always, plenty of restaurant news to go over. That's next on Access Louisville. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Coffin. Hi there. Marty Finley. How's it going? And Jason Thomas. What it is, y'all. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. Now, last week, we took a week off in light of the news on the Breonna Taylor decision. Obviously, Access Louisville and LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com are focused on covering business, and this case isn't our usual business-type story, but obviously it has huge implications for Louisville. We're going to continue to watch it and cover it where business is concerned. I think one way we can do that is to look at economic justice, housing justice, and so forth. And uh, Marty, you just had a story uh, this week, some coverage on a new uh, 35 million dollar apartment complex that's opening in Hillview and it had kind of a economic and housing justice angle to it so um, Marty kind of tell us what the situation was there uh, you know it's open now I guess but what were some of the uh, challenges about in, in that um, story yeah yeah so the project's called a front gate apartments it's down on the outer loop in the Hillview area um, it's been in the works now for about seven years it was actually caught up in a legal battle or some neighbors that um, had some concerns about it. Uh, the developer feels like one of those concerns uh, was the affordable housing component. Sometimes affordable housing is, is synonymous in some people's minds with section eight housing. It's not the same thing. Uh, that's publicly subsidized housing. So uh, that's one thing I think there's some, just some misconceptions in the, in the market about that and, and just in society, but there's also um, some issues with, um, you know, just people not wanting affordable housing near their homes. So, uh, you know, it was tied up, like I said, in court. It went through several layers of, of uh, courts. Um, I think all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court didn't hear it. So the actual case was settled a few years ago, but they've been building it now for a couple of years. And uh, they just got it. Uh, the first uh, three buildings, I think, are coming online. And um, there's about 212 units there. Uh, and it's market rate. So uh, it's they start around nine hundred dollars and go up to you know thirteen hundred or so, so it's not it's not the affordable housing component's not there anymore. Yeah. So separate from that story, you also wrote about a plan to speed up redevelopment of vacant and abandoned properties, right? Yeah. So um, the land bank authority, uh, which is ran by the city, the state, and the local school board, uh, they buy up vacant abandoned properties and that with the hope of you know, redeveloping them, cleaning them up, and getting them back into good use. Uh, you see a lot of those in West Louisville, but they're also uh, situated in other parts of town. So they actually partnered with a nonprofit housing corporation that spun out of the uh, the Louisville Urban League called uh, Rebound Incorporated. Uh, that's going to be the preferred land bank developer under this new two-year pilot program. And uh, the way that works is basically they will get first dibs on new properties, um, and under that rebound, will purchase the properties for a dollar. And then they will uh, be able to buy uh, multiple lots at a time. Um, in the past, one problem there was timing. 
uh, you can only buy one property at a time or maybe get a lot or two at a time. So this will allow them to sort of concentrate in specific areas and buy multiple lots at a time at a very low rate, basically, you know, a dollar a piece and, you know, spend the money and the capital they have to put in the actual uh, units and, and the property itself. Yeah, very interesting. So outside of that, you also had a couple of stories um, on some East End news too, some East End subdivisions. Could you tell us more about those? Yeah, so um, a couple of different things. There was a, uh, a proposal this week for a project really close to Oldham County. It's over on Rollington Road. Uh, Pulte Group is going to build a 84-lot subdivision. Pulte Group's uh, our second largest um, builder in town, and they build all over the city. They build in West, you know, the South End, East End. So they're they're pretty spread out throughout the city. But this is going to be an East End development. Like I said, really close to um, to the Oldham County line, which is a a very hot part of town, uh, kind of the northeast part of town. Um, Pulte Group's out of Atlanta, but like I said, they, they're one of our most active developers. So uh, we don't know yet. Uh, we have actually got to talk to them to get more details on the, uh, the, part, the actual price point, but uh, that's something they're, they're actively working to rezone the land now. Uh, and so that'd be something to watch in the future as that works through rezoning. As for the other project, that's actually a, a townhome development. This is a little bit different in that it's going to be in attached homes. So it'll be much more in terms of visually to look more like an apartment complex, but these will be, you know, standalone townhomes that will be uh, fairly large, uh, 14 to 1500 square feet for a townhome. Uh, price point isn't figured out just yet. Uh, that's over on Tucker Station Road, by the way. So that's over kind of uh, east of J-Town. Um, um, a couple of builders are teaming up on that. Meridian Constructions, David Wass and um, Jason Orthober from Orthober Custom Homes. So they think it'll be in the 300 to 350 range, which will be, you know, uh, so these will be fee simple purchased uh, townhomes. You won't be leasing these or renting them, but that's a little bit different. We're not, we've not seen a lot of that kind of development in Woodville of late. It's either been apartments for lease or single family homes. So that's going to be an interesting project to watch. You know, speaking about single family homes, you know, I just put together our 20 people to know in real estate and it doesn't seem like the pandemic has really affected home sales. It's a seller's market. Everybody knows that um, the houses are going like wildfire and it's, you know, that's good for the seller, obviously, but it's a, a really low inventory right now. So buyers are really in a crunch. And if you sell your home, then you have the problem of looking for another house and you're likely to pay more than, than what you hope for. Actually, our realtor just yesterday approached us and asked us if we are willing to sell our home because she has a, a buyer who is looking somewhere uh, for something in our in our neighborhood or area. And, and You're going to take point. it? <laughs> yeah, I'm really <laughs> thinking about it, you know. I've been mulling selling the house just because the market has been so hot. It's like, man, maybe we should just sell this and yeah. rent an apartment for a while to see what I kind of think profit we can get. Thing. Yeah, but um, sorry, um, I had to step out for a second. I don't know if you guys covered that on the show, but I just had someone at my door, and uh, we uh, Haley stepped right in, didn't miss. Yeah, anything. I oh, stepped right in. Nice. I, I, it should have been seamless. Much. I shouldn't have even said anything, but uh, <laughs> but if I if I <laughs> jump in and out, it's because there's uh, something going on in the house here, but. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for picking that up for me. Um, yeah, Jason, you were saying it doesn't, it doesn't seem like home sales has been affected by the pandemic, save for maybe like March and April, but Marty, you, you'd wrote something to that effect. Uh, I guess in your, uh, your monthly roundup of expensive home sales, right? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, one issue, even before the pandemic, we had low inventory. And to, to Jason's point, people were hesitant to put their properties on the market because they couldn't find a house. So it was creating, it was kind of creating this kind of uh, spiral problem where, you know, people want to sell their homes, but they can't, they're afraid that they'll sell their home before they can find a new home and then they'll be kind of stuck or they'll have to work out some deal, some contingency plans in the, uh, in the deal to sell their home. So that seems to be only just kind of exacerbated by the pandemic. And, you know, this is a time where nobody wants, definitely no one wants to be, you know, worried about uh, being in between homes during a pandemic. So, but yeah, everybody, I've talked to a lot of realtors and a lot of, a lot of home builders and they're all really busy. Um, they've not seen much of a slowdown construction, unlike some other states construction, either especially on the residential side and commercial side was never shut down um, by the governor. So, you know, they're moving along, you know, homes are going up, apartments are going up. So that's two, the multifamily and single family markets are, are still plugging along. All right. Um, do you guys find yourselves like constantly thinking of home improvements you can do uh, since the pandemic started? <laughs> like that's me. I think it's because I spend so much time here. I'm like, I just sit and look at stuff like in my kitchen and I'm like, Oh yeah, I really should uh, upgrade that. And I should take out those cabinets and put in new cabinets because those cabinets are way too nineties and I need to refresh <laughs> this kitchen if I'm ever going to sell this place and uh, doing stuff. So, so am I alone there? You know, is it just that I spend way too much time <laughs> at my house since we were, I am, I'm right there with you, brother. I, I work uh, the majority of my time out of the basement. So, and it's, yeah. it's kind of half finished and not, and I, I'm just sitting here constantly just thinking, Oh my God. Think how cool it would be to just put some stuff in here and do this. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a basement, man. I would love to finish oh, a basement. That sounds yeah, like so a much to do. Cool project. Well, I'm kind of doing this kitchen renovation now. And that's actually what, um, why I had to step away for a second. We had um, we had an electric stove and wanted a gas one because those uh, people seem to like those better, and I figured it would help the resale value. So I've been having this uh, gas um, line installed, and there's some little adjustment that has to be made to it. So the uh, the plumber was here <laughs> working, uh, just taking a look at the gas line for me. Um, not, a, not a safety thing, more of just an aesthetic thing where it comes a little too far into the house. But... Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think that's something I've been doing. If you guys want to chime in on that, have you, no, have I, you done many? I agree. I did. I did more of mine during the early part of the pandemic. I did a, quite a few little just things here and there. Yeah. Um, so now I'm to the point where like nothing break. I don't want to do anything else for a while. <laughs> I'm sort of in that mode. Like I don't want to spend. I spent like quite a bit of money early on in, in the pandemic. I was like, nah, I don't really want to do anything else. I have been looking at the cabinets. I did upgrade. I did a partial kitchen upgrade uh, yeah. late last year. And so now I'm like looking at the other part and some days I'm like, Oh, it's fun. It looks fun. And then other <laughs> yeah. days I'm like, Oh, I got to get rid of these. I got to fix it. I got to get, some, I got to paint, either paint the cabinets or I got to put new ones in. But yeah. it's really like, it's more by, by my mood. Like today I'm like, no, they're fun. They don't look dated to me. They look fun. So it's like, it just depends on my mood. I think Haley moved during, uh, just like, I can't yeah. remember exactly yeah. when you moved, but. I, I look at your say. kitchen and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. man, that kitchen looks awesome. I, I need to do some stuff in my kitchen. So. <laughs> I'm the total outlier here. I bought a brand new house that's never been lived in. Yeah, um, I don't think you in, need to do any renovations. <laughs> in May, um, it's perfect. In fact, um, f for what it's worth, um, I would not look at a house if it didn't have white cabinets. Um, oh, see. 
I looked at like I looked at one or two houses um, that had those like old '90s style, really ugly brown cabinets with like the the brass or the gold handles and stuff. And I know you can switch out fixtures and that type of thing, but like I was just like, I'm not interested in painting cabinets. I'm gonna get what I want when I buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the only improvements I've been doing have been in the yard. Our yard is terrible. We just planted grass seed over the weekend, so. I'm yeah. hoping that it grows. <laughs> That's yeah, a nice so, distraction during COVID too. Yeah, I've been looking at my curb appeal. So I've been doing all kinds of landscaping, trimming all my hedges and getting the grass perfect. And like I stopped in the summer, but now it's fall and I'm like, okay, we need to refresh some things. We've got some weeds in this garden. I've got to start, you know, cleaning <laughs> stuff Get <out>. some mums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sarah, my wife, uh, bought a lot of mums and, um, and has been doing kind of the same thing. Although she leaves, she works out in the, um, in the world. She doesn't stay here all the time. So she doesn't do it as much as me, but, uh, yeah, good point on the white cabinets. I've been thinking like, I need white cabinets and subway tiles. Stat. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, I think I'm the, Edison I'm the, lights, don't forget. <laughs> I'm the contrarian one on the white cabinets. I do not like them at all, but I think it's because I cover real estate in like every apartment complex yeah, in the white city has white cabinets. Granite counters. So it's like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the trend. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's all blending together to me. And I'm also a huge fan of custom wood cabinetry, so I do like wood cabinetry. But I like – I think I would have, like, custom wood cabinets built if I had new ones put in. So, And I hadn't even thought of Edison lights. Thanks a lot, Jason. Now (laughs) The the light fixtures, that's the next thing, I guess. I do have white subway tile for my backsplash in my kitchen. looks so clean. Yeah, it's very white. <laughs> Hard to keep clean a little, um, but I, yeah. but the countertops kind of blend in, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's uh, since we're talking about kitchens, we'll switch gears. How's that for a segue? We'll talk nice. about restaurants for a minute. Um, Haley's been covering some restaurant news this week. Um, the big news was that we we know what's going into the former uh, Panera spot in the Hollands, and this is a big. It's like a like kind of right in the middle of the Highlands, like perfect piece of real estate. Uh, so what's going in there, Haley? Yeah, so it's a new concept. Um, well, relatively new. Um, it's called I Love Tacos, and it, they have the heart symbol um, in their name. So mm-hmm. if you see that, that's where they're from. Um, they actually opened in the middle of the restaurant shutdown period in April. Mm-hmm. Um, that was – they have a restaurant in J-Town, um, and they opened – in the middle of a crisis situation and have been killing it all summer. Like they're the outlier in the restaurant world where most restaurants have been struggling. They've been like knocking it out of the park, selling Mm -hmm. um, all they can. And so when this property became available in the Highlands, I think Panera closed. um, Was that that June? Yeah. Something like that. May or June or something like that. Early summer. when that property became available, um, the owner, Ernesto Riviera, um, he used to own Ernesto's restaurant. Um, he basically said, you know, I can't pass up a restaurant property in the Highlands. That's like prime real estate. Um, Mm -hmm. so I definitely want to be there. Um, even if it's really quick to be opening a second location since we just started in April. So, yeah. Um, do you know the address off the top of your head or it's, it's just South of, um, of Eastern Parkway, right? I don't know the address off the top of my head. I was going to say, Jason's kind of near the Highlands. He probably knows where it is. Um, Yeah, and then their other location is in J-Town. Taylorsville Road. Yeah, Taylorsville Road in J-Town. And I can't remember what um, 
what they replaced, but this uh, the space they're in now has been a bunch of things. It was a Cuban restaurant last uh, last the last thing it was, I think. And a place called Maxwell's there for a while, and um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad to hear they're killing it because that spot has um, been kind of uh, a revolving door. So hopefully they can uh, uh, stay in there and, and make a good uh, business. Um, this Highland City spot. Have too many taco joints. Do, hmm. That's a good question. There seem to be a lot. The thing is, like with COVID, like you need portable stuff, and tacos are uh, are very portable. Um, good, good. And and you can probably do good business on takeout with tacos instead of like Every a sit down type. Gotten, place, but. Yeah, takeout tacos. They get soggy, depending on the shell, obviously. Yeah, it depends on the shell. It's like, why did I do this every time I do it? it I guess the like the hard shells would definitely get soggy. But I think I've gotten a few just like soft shell places, and uh, it usually works in that regard. But um, but I do love do love those hard shells too. Um, (laughs) This space in the Highlands is this is where Ear Ecstasy used to be. Does anybody remember Ear Ecstasy besides me? Oh, I do. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I'd go. I wasn't here then. <laughs> yeah. Were you yeah. born then? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting that way. But uh, they were yeah. around until like at least 2010. So I'm sure Haley was Is it that long? By 2010. <laughs> yes, I was, I was uh, a full 16 years old in 2010. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have enjoyed some records. You then. probably would have enjoyed <laughs> records at the time. Um of course, the music um, business, or the I guess the the record sales business has obviously changed over the last uh, ten years. And even if you go to like I, I collect vinyl a little bit, and it's it's pretty expensive. So it's not like you can go there and, and buy a lot of stuff. You get one or two things, and you're spending fifty, sixty dollars. So I can see why that's challenging. It's a difficult proposition to sell vinyl in that way. Um, but, well, it uh, seems like there was almost a record or a vinyl renaissance of sorts um, when hipsters came to power. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> the dawning uh, of the hipster age. <laughs> yes, the dawning of the hipster age and all the all a lot of the bands that I listen to are like releasing rare first edition vinyl things yeah. with like really cool designs. And I'm like, whoa, um, I feel like this happened, you know in my generation with all the um yeah i was definitely like that's when i got into it It was maybe like 10 years 10 or 15 years ago i started getting into collecting vinyl and it's not that i think they sound better i just think they're cool looking um like the (laughs) artwork yeah the artwork looks cool um i just joined recently um columbia house it's kind of like Columbia House. It's like a record club where they send you one vinyl a month. No kidding. And yeah, and you don't get to choose it. They just send it to you, and it's very hip. Uh, this month they're sending me um, Outcast, um, Stankonia, which is a very cool album from when I was uh-huh. like twenty. So I'll uh, I'll definitely enjoy like listening to that again. But I just I um, think I was a. What's that? I was gonna say I think I was a member of Columbia House for a hot minute. Oh man, like, I was, the I was like the CD clubs, Columbia House. Yeah, Andy I have never continued. heard of Columbia House. <laughs> oh my gosh, you missed the whole thing. It was this it's like a cultural phenomenon. It yes, it was great. They sent you CDs for like they sent you like you never CDs. had to pay. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like a, ma- a CDs by mail thing. 
Which, Mail order CD. Yeah, yes. It was, uh, yeah. We went off, we're, we're off the restaurant track. Remember, right? remember when Netflix came in the mail? I, yes. I was old enough for that. So yeah. I, remember, I, do remember I remember Blockbuster that. being really angry about it. A good reason, turns out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Blockbuster I never went to Blockbuster so until Blockbuster was like the last one standing. And then I went there and then they closed like two weeks later. So um, I grew up in where Blockbuster about, was the stuff. I can't go to Blockbuster. I went to like was, Hollywood video. I didn't go to Blockbuster. I went to like all We had a Hollywood video. <laughs> or family video. Uh, family so video. Oh, oh my God. My, my hometown, Bartstown, they still have a family video. There's a family really? video here in uh, Corridon. In Clarksville. Oh, There's one in Clarksville. Right? Is it? Wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I guess um, if you don't have like broadband, I could, you still need to go somewhere and rent, rent movies. But I would think they have broadband in Bartstown. It's not that small. Um, but I don't know. People still seem to use it. So uh, anyway, we, we got off topic there. Let's talk more about restaurants. A couple new places in Nulu, right, Haley? There was a a few new ones pop in there. Yeah. Um, so West Sixth Brewing has opened West Sixth Nulu, which um, was a big buzz last year. Um, it's not officially like open to where you can walk in and sit down and have a beer there. It's open for curbside, so you can actually drive. Um, through their curbside window uh, or park and walk up and um, take your beer away. <laughs> um, yeah. So a drive uh, up beer window. Is that, um, that's not good, right? There, there used to be one at like seventh and Hill when I was in high school and me and my buddies would <laughs> go there. The but do you get like a draft beer or do you get a can? Uh, I think they're just doing cans for now. Um, also they, uh, released their first Louisville exclusive beer. Um, I think that's cool. It's called New Beam, N-U Beam, um, and it's also mm. available in cans. So it might just be cans right. for now. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I'm not a big beer aficionado, but my husband is. Um, so West Sixth is open. Um, you can pre-order the beers that you want to, so you can check out their website for that. Um, they're also just open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think, um, are the dates there. And then the second um, big spot that is opening in Nulu is Emmy Squared, which is a dis- Detroit-style pizza place. It's um, it's a chain restaurant out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have eight locations now. Um, and they are also open for carryout and delivery. They're not open for dine-in just yet, um, mm. probably due to coronavirus. Um, but uh, their menu has pizzas, and they have this burger called Lay Big Mat. Mat. Yes. <laughs> I keep wanting to say the Big Mac. <laughs> it's <laughs> Lay Big Mat, um, and it's um, apparently award-winning. So they yeah. also have good burgers. It sounded good. Also, they have square pizza, which for some reason is better. Than yes. Square. I don't Because <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We proved that in school. Um, <laughs> you guys like West Six beer? You guys, West Six fans? I do. Yeah. Speaking which of which one? Is, is it their IPA that you yeah, like? Yeah. That one's yeah. everywhere. It seems like it's very popular. Yeah. It's, um, it's very good. I'm not so a I'm big excited. I'm excited for this. Um, IP. I'm not a big IPA person. Guy, right? yeah. That's their famous beer, I think. That's the one everybody knows about. So I don't drink that too much, but um, but I like some of their other beers too. Need to have a beer sampling 
thing. We do figure out which one is the best. Wasn't there an outdoor beer thing? Um, well, I guess that's more in the winter though. Some of the beer festivals. So um, that yeah, yeah, tailspin. And yeah, <laughs> I think that was canceled in February. I can't remember. Yeah. Or maybe that went on because that might have. Because that was right before <laughs> everything hit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Lexington and Louisville need to have some kind of beer and food showdown. I think. Um, yeah. And we need to like recruit the other communities, like all the ones like Bardstown that are near Louisville. We need to like get them on team Louisville and then Lexington can try and get like team Lexington. And then we have like a big, I don't know, like a, some kind of big vote where we decide who has the superior food and beer scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lexington's got some good stuff. So I think they could definitely or we, not to, not to disparage the little, I'm obviously on team Louisville. <laughs> um, but, uh, but. Simple and do like do Southern Indiana versus Louisville. You know, there's some breweries popping up. That's true. Southern Indiana's got a lot of good choices these days. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's not really a question. It's just (laughs) needs to happen. Yeah, somebody make it happen. We'll try and make it happen in business first. Um, We did this battle of the bourbons thing one time, uh, and we can't seem to dust it off and do it again. I don't know why, but um, but we should do it. We did some fun dining restaurant show offs showdowns too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine dining and and maybe pizza. I can't remember. We did some, a couple different ones. Okay. Like a, All right. All right. It was like I an NCAA. It was like a, it was like a brackets thing where we had yeah. Like, yeah. We did like a brackets. We style. had people vote. We let people vote. So. Yeah. When did we do that? Was it recently? Oh, it's been a few years. I think we did the fine dining one when we were, maybe the first year I was here. So it's been like 2014, 2015. Okay. So it's time to do. No, a long time ago. We'll do fine out. Bring it back. Um. All right. Well, that's it, I think, for this week's show. Unless anyone else has anything else to add on that. I wanted to say I was just short of your own air ecstasy. I got to the area like right before they closed, I think. So did you ever get to check it out? Oh, you just missed out. No, I was in I was in E Town, so I was like an hour south when they were getting ready to close. I would occasionally come to Louisville for shows and stuff, but Never made it to your ecstasy, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, it was a cool place. I went there. Um, went there plenty when it was at uh, at the Panera location, and then it moved for like a little while down to just down maybe around the I think it was the Douglas Loop area in a much smaller space because uh, they were trying to hang on and uh, didn't didn't work out there for them. I think it's just it's a hard proposition uh, for record stores. I think that's something happened around the country there's still a few in Louisville though but mm-hmm. um anyway I'll uh I'll wrap things up there um let's see before we sign off we'll go around the room you guys can share your social media handles uh Haley I'll start with you uh you can find me on twitter at bf lou Haley um I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all of those things all right and Jason yeah you can find me on twitter and LinkedIn at scoop thomas and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Okay. And um, Marty Finley. Yeah, I'm uh, primarily on Twitter at BFLU Marty. And then I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. So. Um, I'm on Twitter at BFLU David and on Instagram at DMAN3001. And I realized today I hadn't posted anything on Instagram in like three months or something. So uh, all Until things, Brooke tagged you in something. Until Brooke tagged me in something this morning. But, uh, um, update. but yeah, I, I guess I need to give an update with all those home improvements. I'll, uh, I'll post something <laughs> related to that. 
Is this our first podcast uh, without Brooke now that she's moved on? So Brooke, yeah. Um, Brooke's going to continue podcasting with ah, us. Sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, Brooke uh, is no longer the designer of Louisville Business First. She's moved on to a, a, a national job uh, with our parent company, uh, ACBJ, and um, is going to be designing different uh, different publications for the company. So um, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into weeds there, but uh, she still works with us. But uh, she uh, is no longer a designer of business first. We kind of changed up the way our design processes work. Uh, so business first may look a little different for for a little while. The print edition, anyway. Um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So you'll hear from Brooke. I wanted to have her on this week, but uh, it's her first day uh, with her new job, and she was <laughs> probably too busy for it. So <laughs> we'll get her on another time. But, um, so that's it. If you like what you hear, uh, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services such as Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Haley, Jason, and Marty. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>